Yo, what's good? It's committee podcast. It's a quick, uh, I guess, quick post Super Bowl Falcons update. Originally, this was supposed to be done immediately after Super Bowl. As a, a Falcon, that last three minutes of the game took my soul. So, rightfully so. I was unable to be present. I would have been incoherent. I probably would have been cussing. I would have been delusional. I'd have been thinking, was I in the matrix? I take the wrong pill. You know, did the good drugs kick in? I don't know. It, it wasn't It wasn't the time nor the place for me to be present. You know, I might have said some things that could get me fired from my job. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. So, but being that I am the, the, the one taking the, the suffering, I'll go ahead and start this off. Oh, we also have Love Killer Trey in the building and El Breezy. <clears throat> They're going to be here, here to uh, verbally assault me and accost me on the the fall of the 2017 Atlanta Falcons. So <clears throat> with the game, it, it was crazy because uh, I have a couple of friends that are Patriots fans, just random, you know, fans. Everybody knows I'm a big Falcons fan, so I had mad people hitting me up. <laughs> I even have a dude, one of my friends, Patriots fans on Twitter, shout out to KJ the Dallas kid or KJ, damn, KJ the Hoops kid, whatever. He's a big Patriots fan. This fool sent me a video of himself yelling and screaming because he's mad after the pick six talking about the game is over. I'm not going to expose you. I'm not going to release that tape. But mad Patriots fans, were they thought the game was in the bag and right, rightfully should have been the bag. But then you got your the meltdown. Then you got your boy, the the offensive genius in quotations, Kyle Shanahan. Now, if you check my Twitter feed out at Southbreeze706, just Google my at, Google Shanahan, Google hashtag Free Freeman, Google run the ball. You will see that I continuously throughout the season has, have eviscerated this dude for not running the ball on first down in multiple situations. There is no reason that on first and 10, you should be throwing the ball. I don't, I don't care if it's working. I don't care if we're getting nine yards a clip. You run the ball. It's called clock management. When you're up 28 to three in a game, you're up three touchdowns. Why did you only call five run plays the rest of the game? Now, a lot of y'all probably don't know me as well. I'm, I'm a pretty big Madden player. Even cast to play Madden, no. If you're up three touchdowns, why are you going to risk throwing the ball? It doesn't make any sense. Your running back is getting off, ripping off big runs. He clearly broke a 30-plus yard run the first time he touched the ball. And for some reason, you, you don't go with the hot hand. You want to force Coleman in the game, which I've said a bunch this season. Why are you taking Freeman out? Give Freeman more carries. Feed Freeman. Free Freeman. But you want to be cute, get in the red zone with under three minutes left in the game, in field goal range, and decide, hey, let's let's pass the ball and get penalties. Granted, you weren't out there holding, but again, if you call a run play, you're more likely not to have a penalty of that magnitude to essentially lose the game. Like, I I, I don't understand how that happens. I mean, the only positive I can get out of this is that it wasn't on Matt Ryan because that's the first thing people want to say is, oh, Matt Ryan sucks. I had a guy uh, – one dude on Twitter at uh, Gator Great, 
homeboy Gary talk about, oh, Matt Ryan's a turnover, turnover machine. Matt Ryan clearly hadn't turned the ball over. He has thrown interception the entire postseason, and he hadn't turned the ball over. The reason he turned that ball over is because Devontae Freeman came in after Tevin Coleman hurt his ankle and clearly was, I don't know, maybe looking at girls in the crowd, thinking about the Pork and Bean projects, maybe Magic City or Follies, and just completely missed the linebacker he was supposed to block. No effort. <laughs> Yo, like, he was like, oh. Two elbow. Two elbow out there. <laughs> Bruh. And, and the crazy thing is Devontae Freeman is a good pass block. Like, that is very out of character. I, I mean – Again, as a fan, I know I'm mad, but I know the player is going to be feeling worse because little things like that, it's all about the little things. It doesn't matter if you scored the first touchdown. It's not, it doesn't matter if you broke all those runs. Well, I, I, I want to make a quick interjection. You, you it have down. gone on, you know, and you've gave given your five-minute no, pre- no, 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 pre- no. I'm not, I'm not done. Let me, let, me, let me talk my no, shit. No, but let me just, let me just put a point out there. No, what is your point? Was Kyle Shanahan the reason that you guys gave up a 28-3 lead because he didn't call runs? Yeah, because towards the, the the latter half of the game, people started to get stuffed in that run. Like yeah. the Patriots came alive, and they were getting back there and hitting guys in the backfield. That's I believe yeah. that's what happened when Tevin Coleman got hurt. Yeah, he got stuck in the backfield again. Regardless, I don't care. I, I'm not necessarily concerned with the result. I just wanted to be done to get the clock moving. In that situation, it, it wasn't going to matter. It's not like he's going to take a ten yard loss like he did on the penalty. Like that wasn't. It's not more likely to happen. It's not even that. It's just. It's just game management things. This is. I can say that they're consistent because Kyle Shanahan has been doing this all year as far as consistently calling run a pass plays instead of runs on first down. But I say though, like somebody, that, somebody that should take the brunt of it though is Quinn. Why? Why? Why the hell did, did you use up two timeouts? And then what? What killed me? Was when he challenged that play, the element catch. Like, yeah, the, I don't. Again, that why, was. Why challenge that? You need that timeout. I mean, you see how this game is going. Why? Okay, okay saying okay, he caught it. Okay, big whoop, play defense. Don't. I mean, don't waste your timeout. And I mean, shit. Looking from the replay, I, he caught it. I mean, I don't see how he could have misconstrued that. He he caught that ball. It, it hit the ground. I can understand. Maybe maybe he was like, okay, there's three hey. guys there that are all telling me hit the ground hey. again. You can't be – you have to play your game as a coach. And within his second year, he's gotten better, but even last year there were instances where he had very, very bad bad cases of game management. Like just – that Chargers game, though. That Chargers game, we call for – we go for it on fourth down. He didn't need to. Well, he kind of cleaned that up later in the season. Like, again, he, he tries to be consistent with doing things like with Shanahan. He just needs to, to figure out how to maybe delegate better again. I'm still trying to figure out, again, he's the head coach, but I don't know if he's as involved in the offense as one might need to be. Because, again, at one point, when you're in that part of the field, when you hear the run play come through your helmet, I don't know, maybe you don't even know what the run play sounds like. Maybe he's like, oh, this is another play, I don't know. But if you're like, hey, this is run, you need to, as the head coach, step in and say, hey, you know what, in this situation, I'm overriding your decision. We're going to run the ball. We're going to kick the field goal. Okay, but to to me – Atlanta had the number three scoring offense of all time, all mm-hmm. time in the 97-year history of football. Number one all – I mean, number three all time. I, I would say you have to trust your offensive coordinator who has constructed the number three offense of all time to get it done. 
so with some of that, I mean, if he's been because the Patriots, if you look on the other side, they were passing on first down and they do that. And it is some teams that, that do do that. That'll pass. Sometimes that'll run. They try to mix it up and maybe he yeah. outsmarted himself. But I can't blame the whole game on Shanahan. He took the blame because he manned up. And I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but my question is this, you know, are you going to miss Kyle Shanahan now that he's gone? No, not at all. Not gonna miss it all. Do you think? Do you think Sarkeesian? Do you think he's gonna be an upgrade, or do you think he's gonna mess up the offense? Because like from looking at it, he, he likes to run downhill. Well, I mean, let's 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 back things up. So y'all that don't know, uh, Falcons hired Steve Sarkeesian as our new offense coordinator. Quick turnaround. Uh, he was formerly the uh, head coach at Washington State. Uh, he was offense no, coordinator at USC. Washington. Oh, Washington. whatever. Washington. He was a uh, offense coordinator at University of uh, Southern Cal. Briefly, was he? He was a head coach, right, for a little while. Yeah, he was a head coach yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Then he had a uh, an issue with the uh, the bottle, and he was uh, sent away. And then he was briefly the offense coordinator for University of Alabama in the uh, just one game, eleven days. One game. And they lost. Just to throw that in there, the one game he did call, they lost. They probably didn't have a whole. Okay, lot well, but he, he, well, again, see, that's that's the kind of. I mean, I know. I just wanted to throw it in there. No, again, and that's that's the kind of narrative that's very <laughs> lazy that you know people that don't like to throw out because again, he doesn't coach defense. So, and you got to look at it that you put in a new offense court and essentially. Hold on, hold on, hold on, but before. Because I'm going to use this point to counteract what you just said. You said he doesn't cost defense, but yet and so that defense gave up the amount of points for them to lose the game. When Atlanta, you're not putting the blame or the onus on that defense. You're blaming it on Shanahan. So well, which side are you taking? I have to look at the stats again. I don't know the numbers for the USC game, but Atlanta's defense was on the field for 99 snaps. Like that's, and that's that's pretty much I, the same thing that happened in the Alabama game. They're saying that he ultimately should have ran the ball more. Of course, both Scarborough did get hurt, but yeah. they had two guys that were just as capable. They rode the whole time. So I thought yeah. I thought it was more or less that he was a little too conservative. Like Lane Kiffin liked to open it up. I didn't see a lot of movement by uh, herds that you would see with Kiffin with him moving around, moving the pocket, and throwing the ball. And again, it's not an apples apples comparison because again, you throw one guy in for one game to get you know learn the verbiage with the kids, build that kind of relationship with the kids because he wasn't allowed he to have contact. The same with thing. He was on the staff the whole year, and he was up in the booth. He wasn't allowed to have contact with the players. I'm still sure there was no verbiage change. It wouldn't be that crazy. <laughs> not, not necessarily verbiage, but you got you have to know your people. You don't get to know this dude's been with them the entire season. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, guess what? Uh, this guy's in charge now. It's, it's there's gonna be some some differences in in understanding what works for your people. I know you're seeing okay. it, but being there day to day, knowing what their strengths and weaknesses is, are on that level is a bit different. It's it's, okay. it's different. It's it's not the same. So again, I see what you're saying, but okay. So Sarkeesian, he brings to the table 17 years of coaching experience. He's had limited NFL experience, but he still had experience. The my my main point with this is they're going to keep the same scheme. Like they're not going to change their playbook at all. So we don't have to worry about. It. It's not like Matt Ryan's got to learn yet again another playbook. So okay. We, did did Quinn this, say that they're keeping the exact same playbook that 
the exiting Shanahan views. Yeah, I find that kind of hard, so that's man. unheard of. Yeah, I said one hundred percent. That's the style we want to want to feature moving forward. Yeah, they're going to run the spread, but it's not the exact playbook. I I, I looked at a little bit of the transcripts. They're still going to run the spread in that style, but they're not using that same playbook. And my thing would be, okay, now are you guys going to keep the stretch plays? Because that's a staple of of the Shanahan regime, and that's something that your tailbacks are highly, highly – like I I just kind of feel like they – I mean, well, they're, they're saying here they're not going to construct a new playbook. They're just bringing probably different wrinkles and maybe some different play calling because they don't want to have their players have to learn a new system. Okay, but my, my thing is this too. Okay, the stretch plays. Like from what I what I've seen, what I've read is he likes to run downhill. He likes to run the counter. Okay. It, it, do you see Devontae Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman as power backs? If, if, if he's if he's going to have them run power plays, do you, do you see him as power backs? Do you think that him can, doing that is gonna mess him up? Or Freeman's Freeman did that at FSU, if I'm not mistaken, and he was Coleman's, very limited in doing that. Okay, I'm pretty sure Coleman's run every well, he ran the zone at uh, Indiana, but again, it's not. They're not going to go again just because that's what he's known for. They clearly said they're going to keep the same playbook. I'm sure they'll work in some of those plays, which I think they should. But have, gonna, have, I'm about to say, yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to have him do exactly what Kyle – I mean, he's his own coach. He, it's not uh, necessarily that he's his own coach, but the, the scheme is still the same. Run the ball, you know, play off the run. It's not It's not rocket science. It's not, but I mean, I'm saying they have – like from what I read, they're going to keep the spread type attack and they'll keep some elements, even the same playbook, but – there's not too many coaches, and I could see if it was someone like, okay, now if you go from Kiffin at Alabama to Sarkeesian at Alabama or USC or wherever, they work together, so it's feasible yeah. to say, okay, well, we'll keep the same elements in the same scheme. These two guys, Shanahan, Sarkeesian, never work together. So it'd be kind of hard for you to say, hey, you're going to be my play caller, but we're going to run Shanahan's plays because we trust Shanahan's system. Y'all should have just paid more for Shanahan. And also, I'd yeah. like to make another point, which is, to me, it's unfair, but since you guys were the, the number three offense all time, it's pretty much going to be uh, Sarkeesian set up to fail here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't gonna be, think so. Again, if, I if Matt Ryan has a single dip in stats, you'll, you, all the other fans will be like, you know, he, he, uh, it, it wasn't a, a success. I mean, you, you go from over almost 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. He reduced his interceptions from averaging about 14 down to seven. I mean, Matt Ryan had a historic season. Yeah. Anything less than that. And, and he even went so far as to credit Shanahan and say, hey, you know what? I don't want him to leave. I hope we work together for a long time. So I, with your quarterback, and that's your quarterback saying that, it's hard for me to take that you as a fan are now saying that you know more than your own quarterback because you're, you're not, you, you know, you're cool with, with him leaving, but your quarterback's not. Okay. So you say that like they don't have, you know what coach speak is. You also have player speak. They're going to say and do all the right things. 38 touchdowns to seven okay. picks. To your, point about, to your point about the stats, I don't care about the stats. I just care about winning. If Matt Ryan comes out next year with 30 touchdowns and 12 picks, as long as we are in the same spot, I don't care. I don't you care. You guys about had probably the second 
or first, depending on how you look at it, because you made the Super Bowl both times. But one of your one of the best seasons in Falcons history for a quarterback and as a team. Okay, but again, the, the way a season again with the numbers things, I I, I don't really like the whole. But I'm, know, I'm not putting the, the numbers. I'm saying the wins. They, they had the wins and made it to the Super Bowl. I believe we should have had more wins, but I mean, again. Whether we're as long as we make it where we make it, I'm not worried about Matt Ryan's stats. Again, the re you're saying that you're giving a lot of credit to Shanahan. Like Matt Ryan probably wasn't knee deep in the playbook all offseason. You saw how he took all the receivers out of Miami to do a little passing camp. These are things that he did that he did he did himself to help make his team better. Well, who came up with the but playbook, he also though? did. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Things he can still do next year with with the same plays. It's not necessarily that hey. You call to play the work. Matt Ryan still had to make it work too, though. Like you're not giving credit to to other other people besides Shanahan. Matt Ryan still out, went out there with the receivers. Those guys said, "Hey, we're we're gonna make this work." Because the year before, myself included, was ready to run Shanahan out of town. So you can't say in one season it was just one person that made all this work. Shanahan wasn't down there with them guys doing the pass, passing camp. He's not there in the playbook. He's not there doing the extra reps. He just calls the plays. But I think Matt Ryan more, coach more or less not, is the person that's out there that, that's going to make this work regardless. Coach Speaker not, playbook, he though. came out there and said Shanahan challenged him to do all that, challenged him to evolve, challenged him to change the way he thinks, change the way he throws. Shanahan did that. So, so now Shanahan, who's only had really two successful – campaigns as an OC now where he's the he's the guru. We're gonna believe in everything Shanahan says. I'm not I'm not buying that. I mean I'm the proof's in the pudding. Matt Ryan had by far the best season he's ever had. Probably one of the top be, seasons for a quarterback ever. What happens next year. That's we'll what see. And be. like I said, if, if if he comes out less with less wins and doesn't make the Super Bowl, Sarkeesian's a failure. That's okay for people for people that are very small minded. But the proof's in the pudding. If y'all don't make it back to the Super Bowl, the the, dog, it's not the proof in the pudding. It, it depends how it shakes out. If we come out and the first game of the season, Julio Jones breaks his leg, that's gonna be an issue. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about barring a crazy injury or something. Okay, like that. so clarify that because you're saying. Okay, but I, I, I would, I would think that you'd that's be smart enough to where I wouldn't have to clarify a disaster <laughs> situation. So. That's not – you can't be like that. There's a lot of people that don't think and just blanket statement everything. Like, oh, Matt Ryan sucks. Oh, well, he had a third-string tight end playing right tackle. That's probably why he sucks. So, you got, you got to be clear with stuff like that because people like to take stuff wrong with it. So. But, well, I'm clear but, with it. Sarkeesian's not going to produce a better season than what yeah. you guys currently had under Shanahan. You'll see a regression, barring any major injury. You'll see a regression anyway. And I and we'll go back to this tape. And you mark my words, you'll regret what you thought about Shanahan. Yeah. Okay, well, I think the opposite. I think Matt Ryan will be fine. I think that Sarkeesian is just another will in the cog. I don't think Matt Ryan is going to win the MVP and fall short of the Super Bowl to regress. I think this is going to light a fire under him to make him want it even more, to get with his guys even more and say, hey, what could we have done to work better? What could we have done better here and make this extra throw? Ran this extra route. I don't think Matt Ryan's going to be like, oh, well, I don't have Shanahan. I'm just going to roll up into a ball. No, he's going to go out there and, and get get better at his craft, man. Like, I really think that last year people doubting him, saying, oh, we should run Matt Ryan out of town. Is he overpaid? Is he done? I think stuff like that motivated him more than anything that Shanahan could have said to him. Like, 
We'll see. I, I'm not buying into Shanahan as this guru after having two good campaigns as an OC. Just two. Where last year, people wanted him out of town. Now he's an offensive genius. I said it for the record. I don't think Shanahan's going to be a good coach in uh, San Francisco. I don't. This dude already wants – this dude wants Matt Schaub to be a starting quarterback from what I've read. So, good luck. Kirk Cousins, too. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Good luck with that. Good luck with, good luck with that, too. So, we'll see. So, so yeah, I let's think – Let's talk about the defense, though. So, how do you feel about this defense? Because I didn't hear – I don't know if it's just me, but I didn't hear him call Beasley's name at all. And – I mean, it was just a total meltdown. The only person I was playing was Jerry, it seems. Like, like nobody well, else. It wasn't necessarily a meltdown. I mean, Beasley is what he is. They're going to try to take him away and make other guys play well around him, which Jared stepped up to the plate and made some plays. Uh, Dwight Freeman was getting there. Again, you just need to build pieces around him. And you got to remember, the defense is young. We, have, we had four rookies starting on defense. Six players on defense are in their first and second year, so – you know, a lot of people say, hey, you know, these guys need playoff experience. Well, we have a very young core that has Super Bowl experience. So moving forward, I believe that's only going to make our team stronger as we add pieces to that, add free free agents to that. Again, our middle linebacker was a rookie. Our starting strong safety was a rookie. Our starting nickelback player was an undrafted free agent rookie. We were missing our best cornerback, Desmond Trufant. So... Next year, I think we're just – honestly, people think we're going to have a hangover. I, I can't believe that. Like, with, with the talent, what we're doing, building this roster, actually finally having what seems to be a balanced roster on offense and defense, I believe this is the first year we've had a pro bowler on the offense and defensive line in probably a decade. Like, it's crazy. We'd always have pro bowlers at the, you know, the skill positions, but essentially that's not what matters. It's what's in the trenches. So I feel like we're, we're doing the right things, building from the inside out. And we we hit in our draft picks. Hopefully next year we can see if it just wasn't a fluke and hit on more draft picks next year. Like we have a very young core at our team and we have a franchise quarterback that can be the glue to hold together. Got to work on the pass rush. I'd like to put another defensive tackle next to Grady, a young guy, maybe a pass rush and defensive tackle. Help get that pressure up the middle, get another defensive end. Some, uh, Some depth on the offensive line, replace the right guard. Maybe re- replace Matthews with a tackle. tackle. Yeah, replace yeah. that tackle first and foremost. They got to think. I need to, I need to hear the story. I need to hear that he was hurt. Or so he I need was to hear something. The whole night. I need he was to hear something. The whole night. I mean, like, Str- like Schroeder, Schroeder or whatever, he, he held his own up until like close to, I guess, what was like the third quarter, and he didn't yeah. get hurt. Yeah. And then they brought in Compton, and Compton just fucked up, but. I, f- I forgot about that cop to do like, bro. Like, it's crazy. We ain't have we haven't had an injury on the whole entire offensive line until the Super Bowl. Like those guys had not missed. They had played together the entire season. I was like, God, Lena, what a time, what a time to, for your for your body to break apart. Like, but I I mean I give credit that they were able to stay healthy. And that's that's a big part of it, man. Like having those guys up front consistently is what what makes things turn. Yeah, and I guess having those guys up front also uh, <laughs> helps your defense blow a 28-3 lead. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Say something about my team if you want to, you motherfucker. So, again, so get, your, get your jokes off. That's cool, but that's – It ain't no joke, yeah. man. I'm just saying. Y'all, it was yeah. a monumental <laughs> meltdown. But, they you know, don't. speaking of the meltdown, I just want to get into this one thing, kind of wrap things up. So – 
of course, now there's a lot of people. Tom Brady has five rings, saying he's the greatest player of all time. Not not just greatest quarterback anymore. He's the greatest player of all time. Uh, I'm going to start with El Breezy. What's your thoughts on that? Is Tom Brady the greatest co- quarterback of all time? Greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, I, I can't say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. No, 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 no. Not quarterback. Oh. Greatest player of all time. Player, oh, oh. And no, then go to quarterback if he's quarterback. not the greatest player. Uh, I can't say he's the greatest player of all time. I, I just can't say that. I can't. I mean, his performance was – he had an awesome performance. He, yeah, I mean – he, he didn't give up. The whole team did not give up. I mean, you mean you started on the sideline, he was pissed off, but I mean, he didn't let it get the best of him. It was still a lot of time left on the clock. I don't, I, but I can't say he was the greatest. He's the greatest player of all time. Greatest quarterback of all time. He's up there, but I can't say he's the greatest. Well, where is he at up there? Uh, uh, for me, I, he, he's up there. I'll say top five. But not not number one. He's up there. All right. Look at his career. He's up there. For me, he's up there. My bad. Let's go ahead and roll with you, South Breeze. Greatest player or greatest quarterback of all time? No, that's about the same with me. Like I said, it's it's recency recency bias. It's fresh. The Super Bowl just over. You know, he had this great performance, but it's all about perspective. So let's say the coin flip goes the other way, and they never touch the ball, and Things go the other way. Are you still saying the same thing? It still has four Super Bowls. Yeah, I said okay, but but again, had it gone the other way, are they are they talking this crazy goat talk? No, it's not. It's it's how the chips fell that day. I'm I mean, not, but they, I'm not they taking, were talking this before I'm the chips. Taking, they were talking to you know. Yeah, you're right. I'm not taking anything away from him, but for me, he's not the the greatest player of all time. I'd say he's top five in quarterbacks, but he's not the greatest football player. Like I'm not. Nah, I'm not and it's not even because they beat my team. So I've never – I used to – I'm not going to lie. I used to say I liked – I preferred Peyton over him, but I can't. I had to go back on that one. I got to take Brady. Now, wait a minute. Peyton, before his arm completely fell apart, as a quarterback, I mean, you know, they do the playoff, non-playoff. Manning was a, was a damn good quarterback. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he is, but this, this dude is – this dude is what about to be forty, and he doesn't look like he's had any drop off at all. Like he, whatever he's doing, I don't know what he's drinking, what juices he are drinking. Maybe he rubs money on his muscles when he goes to bed. Yeah, that dude, he's there's something about him, man. Maybe it's because he was drafted super late. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I don't know, but he. That's what they say. He puts in work. I can't, you know. One thing that I think the Falcons can't learn from that from that loss and from him and his team is the resiliency. Again, them dudes got down. At one point, it was like Brady was crying on the sideline. Well, yeah. like said, they didn't quit. But, but, that's, but a that's, lesson, that's a lesson to be learned that hopefully we yeah. can build off. So. But you, you saw Belichick, though. He wasn't cussing. He wasn't going crazy. He was in his notes, taking down notes. He saw him well, going to play, throwing on things. But, yeah. But even with that, nobody, nobody imagined, again, all the Patriots fans I know, all of them cats was done. Cats was like, I'm going to bed. I cut the game off. Belichick was probably like, yo, I'm about to get filleted on ESPN. They're about to question my gangster as a head coach. And, uh, again, we had the meltdown. So I, I can't say that he was taking notes and that's what made it happen. Nah. I mean, they did make adjustments. I'm sure they made adjustments. They made adjustments. 
I'm saying he was. It looked like he was. Ta- he was in that paper in that notepad, man. He was. He was writing down something. He thought he was going to play. Orders for prostitutes after the game. We don't know what he's doing. Oh, what? Come on, man. Come, Come on. on now. Let me ask you this. Now, let me ask y'all this, because I've seen this a couple places. Now, because when, when you use the term meltdown, that implies one thing. So, did the Patriots lose this game, win this game more than the Falcons lost this game? No. No. The Falcons lost this game. Yeah. The yeah. Patriots, I mean, I, I think they lost it more than the Patriots won. Right. Uh, my it's, thing, I, I'm going to go and touch on the GOAT thing. I mean, it's too many question marks about Brady for me to ever consider him the goat. Oh yeah, all that. Yeah, I keep, all that. First other of stuff. all, I heard about this mysterious drone abo- above the Falcons thing, and I, nobody ever really sit, touched on that again. But they said that was like a mysterious drone flying over y'all's practice field at the game. You got Spygate. You got the first Super Bowl with the Rams. You got Deflate Gate. You know, you have the the Colts get. Oh well, that was Deflate Gate. So I mean, it's it's just a lot of things. And then when I look at it, all of their wins in the Super Bowl have been close. Which I mean, that's no fault to, to him. But prior to this win, you know, it'd be a field goal here, a field goal there, and it, it's just hard to say that. I mean, he had one really great season, but if you take that away as an outlier, Matt Ryan has the same type of seasons that he consistently has other than that one 50 touchdown season with Randy Moss. So I can't, I mean, I just can't put him as the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he probably plays for the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. I I was just about to say that to your point with, with him. So they've had a lot of consistency staff wise, head coach wise and quarterback wise, you know, Matt Ryan's on what is, well, it's not a second coach. He's, he's had multiple coordinators on offense even though we've had probably actually better weapons consistently on offense, they've had a better team. Like again, yeah, because they've had a much better defense. They've been running, and they switch the schemes too when they need to. And the other thing I want to bring this up: I can't stand how they use these white receivers wow. to meet it. No, it, honestly, they use it to hey, prove hey, a point and try to stick it to us. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. So let's keep it a buck. What do you think, El Breezy? Why do you think they use white receivers? Is that so much better than the more athletic black receivers? That's it. Well, they won the Super Bowl, so apparently not. Like whatever. They won the Super Bowl because Atlanta was gassed and well, had well, no pass rush. Well, you can't. Well, part, after after part of it is though even earlier. Remember that one drive where there's a couple drives where every third down holding. It was on one of them. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. Like some people are saying, first of they all, they was holding though. Because like I said, we have it was we have four, yeah, we have four. They was holding, but I, I think that they were they were being a little touchy with those flags right. now. Yeah, but no, no boy, no boy They're young. It was a couple of them that they could have went either way, and they had to throw that flag there because they knew on that drive where they threw the three flags, that was a momentum changing drive. Because if they didn't score there, that game was over. And they threw a flag. I mean, every time you're like, okay, we're off the field. We're off the field. We're off the field. Then it's like, well, goddamn. And then they go ahead and score. And from then it was on. And I was like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? They they scored that touchdown. And it just felt like momentum took a definite swing. And even the last play of the game, when you watch the replay now, the knee was down and there was no opportunity to – I'm not going to not be, trying to say anything because Atlanta still lost the game. I'm not going to be that Falcons fan. What I've been saying on Twitter. Like, come on. You can't review that play. Like I said, what I'm saying on Twitter is take the L, hold the L, accept the L, learn from the L, move on. There's conspiracy theories. I'm like, look, we lost the game. Even with all of that, we still 
what I said before prior, if we play our game, do what we need to do, we'd have been fine. If we'd have hit our average, our, our scoring average for the year, we'd have been fine. We didn't, we didn't play our game. We blew it. On to the next one, man. Let's move to the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium and hopefully uh, try to make some things work. I'm not going to lie. I don't think that – I'm hoping that we can, you know, be in the mix this year. But, honestly, I really want to be ready for 2019 or hopefully we can make history for the first team to win the Super Bowl while hosting the Super Bowl. So that that should be the goal. There's always a quote-unquote Super Bowl hangover. Get, again, do what you got to do. Stay competitive. Keep the fans uh, keep the fans interested. Get two more drafts under your belt. Make that 2019 Super Bowl run. Even though I'd love to see it next year, get two more drafts under Quinn. Imagine how this defense will look with two more drafts on defense. Man. I can, it, it'll be it'll be. Cr- Crazy. Again, the landscape changes every year, but from what I've seen from the growth of our players, the great Jerry, yo, that dude is a mm, he's been he's been playing good all year, but he really showed out. Again, if he takes that next step, put somebody next to him, our DBs get better, add some more depth of linebacker, get some more pressure on the ends, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem. But to uh to wrap this up, one thing I do want to point out and that I want to pay attention to going on to next year. I've been watching the Falcons a while, and we've been we, me and uh, Love Killer Trey's been to some games. Now I don't ever. I might not be paying attention. I don't remember there being this much celebrity uh, fanfare around the Falcons. Like we saw Pastor Troy that one time, but you know you got you got Future out there. You got Bow Wow. He needs the NTI. Yeah, there is a lot of Bow needs to have a seat. I'm I'm sick of that. But whatever, easy, ludicrous. Again, I'm, I'm not saying they're bandwagon fans. I mean, I'm, they're all from Atlanta. They live in Atlanta. That's cool. But I, I always wonder, like, I never see those guys at Hawks game. Maybe they're low-key. Maybe because we're popular, they're actually showing them. But I hope we still get the same support from celebrities in Atlanta, even though we didn't win the Super Bowl, you know, going into the next year to say, hey, you know, we're with our team. We're not just here because they're being successful. I want to continue to see that building. And when we go to the game, when the stadium opens next year, all those same celebrities should be there. Brand-new stadium. First game, be there, support your team. If not, I'll, I got some serious questions for those guys. But that's that's my my last little bit on it. So you know, and go ahead and retire the legend, the man, the myth, Michael Vick's jersey, or put him up in the Raptors in that new yeah. stadium. We had a better chance. We had a better chance of that happen if we didn't win the Super Bowl. Everybody, yeah, was, y'all do. But everybody hey. would have everybody would have been happy. You know, what I'm saying jubilant. You could have slipped that letter in there, like, yo, man, let's let's go ahead and push the button. Let's get this jersey retired, but now you know we got a bigger fish to fry. So it is what it is. So rise up. Let's uh, gotta go pay this hundred dollars to my barbers. You know, I'm going there, man up. You know, we made the bet. I'm gonna pay my bet off. Shake my hands. You know, gotta man up sometimes. So, but but just you know, just to ask though, do you, can I? Do you have any idea what your? Do you think? What do you think y'all reckon will be next year? Um, I usually I usually do the record predictions. I do a pre-draft and a post-draft. So once we get to the draft, like I say, like so before the draft this year, I had a score eleven to five. So then I got eight eight games correct. I should have got nine, but I forgot. I picked us to lose after the bye against Arizona. I I didn't look that we had a bye before that. I usually don't pick us to lose after buys at home. So. I picked pretty well. But, yeah, once we get closer to the draft, I, I made my prediction. I do think 
only real quick to wrap it up, because of the, the cap situation in New Orleans, the DB situation in Carolina, also their offensive line situation, and uh, the inconsistency right now of Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay, I, I think we should win repeat the NFC win the NFC South again. That's gonna be my early predictions to win the NFC South. They they have a lot going on. We have a young shit, pretty much cheap roster, and we're just gonna build upon that. So I think my early prediction is that we win the NFC South, no question. So that's all I got. All right, y'all. I'm love killer Trey. I'm signing out. Uh thanks for tuning in as usual. Thanks to everybody for the support. Everybody that emails and sends in the questions. Um, Ice Cold FX will be coming soon. Okay. And I'm out. Okay. Uh, okay. Breezy. Uh, breezy, breezy number four. Thank y'all for having me on here again. Duval County, stand up. Uh, yep. And uh, South Pre-706 Hospital hit me up. Uh, I'll add me. Let's chop it up. We out. Peace.